Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time once again for an episode of Bunker Boys. Uh, we're going to wrap up the Masters for you, and what an amazing tournament we had, uh, even with all the weather delays and all that fun stuff. And then, of course, as always, we're going to get you ready for the RBC Heritage Tournament this weekend at Hilton Head. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about that the PGA released their fall schedule. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, as always, got to bring up our sponsor, Dubby. Head over to w.gg, use code JACKWAGON for 10% off your order. Uh, I love this stuff, especially as a new parent. Uh, it's hard to get awake uh, most days. And w.gg, head over there, get your W, uh, 10% off with code JACKWAGON. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the Masters uh, and get that out of the way. Uh, I mean, we have a lot to talk about here. Um, crazy weather all weekend. We had trees falling uh, all during the tournament on Friday. Uh, weather delays twice uh, into Friday, or I think it was delayed twice Friday, pushed it to Saturday, and then it uh, just had one big rainstorm Saturday afternoon, and they're like, yeah, you know what, we're done. We're not even going to try and, and start back up. Push because it to, of the trees. Yeah, well, that too. Um, but uh, pushed it uh, to a Sunday, um, finished around three Sunday morning. We were talking, we didn't think there was going to be any way that they were going to finish mm -hmm. the, the fourth round. Uh, I mean, Patrick Cantley tried to make sure that happened, but uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute as well. But, I mean, shout out to the ground crew. I mean, we, we know that PGA professional ground crews across the country do a great job week in, week out. But we know Augusta is just another, you know, another level up. Uh, but the fact that they were able to get playing conditions and everything ready to go Sunday morning and then having the transition as everybody's playing golf, uh, it was a super fast turnout. I think it was only an hour and a half from when the final group came in Sunday morning that they were able to get everybody back out and start round four. Um, so that was amazing to see. And then, of course, we get our normal Sunday finish for the Masters then. Uh, not filled with any lack of drama. Uh, Brooks Kepka comes in with a two-stroke lead over John Rahm. Three strokes over Victor Hovland. We thought it was going to be a great race to the finish. Uh, Kepka just gets no momentum together. Your bet kind of falls apart. Uh, but wow. Rahm is, is able to weather it all. I think he went to the back nine with a one-stroke lead. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, it was okay. Let's just play you know, conservative. Let's play our game. Um, and then Brooks made a few more mistakes to start the back nine. All of a sudden, you're looking at John Rahm with a three-stroke lead. Um, his caddy, I, I know they were talking about it multiple times. He's like, okay, let's do this. And his caddy's like, no, like you were going to lay up here and we're going to take it easy. Like we're not we're not doing anything ridiculous, uh, which is what it's nice to have that voice in, in you in the back of your head in those moments because it's hard not to be like, okay, the green's right there. I know I can reach it. Uh, and then you, the next thing you know, you're like Jordan Spieth in 2016. You shank it and you're in the water and then your, your shots or your day's ruined. Um, but I want to get your, your thoughts on, on the finish to the masters and everything before we dive into more. Yeah. So obviously I, sh I should have cashed out. Um, I think the highest that it had gotten to was like $70 cash on a $5 bet. But, um, I think two, two crazy things. One is the trees falling and not hit anyone is the craziest thing to happen. I mean, three trees fall in the same kind of area and, I mean, these are big trees. They're not like little trees that like, oh, you hear it crack and whatever. Like these trees are pulling up the entire roots out of the ground. Like it's, it's enough that if there's an old person sitting in a chair underneath this tree, it'll lift them up and through them. Um, but that was the craziest thing to happen, I think. The second craziest thing is the 24 hours that Brooke Kepka had because he went from being four up to three down all in 24 hours, which is just yeah. a crazy swing of events. Like you said, he just couldn't get anything going. Um, he... I think 
would have been a good sport win or lose in that situation. I really like um, once everyone brought it to to national attention that the live guys were for sure seeing way less TV time than the PGA tour guys, because Brooke mm-hmm. was, Brooks was leading and you're not seeing him play at all, which is yeah. something we've never seen before. Like yeah. it, even if you would have had, uh, I don't know, some random person freaking, uh, what's the dude that Kevin Na, even yeah. when Kevin Na was in the PGA, if he was leading, you'd have seen him like, mm-hmm. whatever. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was crazy at first that that had happened, that they weren't videoing them at all. And then, I mean, I, I think that there was some real class out of both Brooks and Phil. I expected Phil to be very uh, arrogant, like smartass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, arrogant, smartass. Like he's he's literally had the world hate him now for over a year, the golf world basically. And and because it's it's Norman and Mickelson that headed this whole thing in the right. in the eyes of everyone in the PGA. So yeah, I just was really uh really surprised to see both of them carry themselves that way. And it really shows that they they really made these moves because it's what fits their lifestyle better. They got a big hunk of cash, cash right up front, and they get to play less. They get to be at home with their family, which for Mickelson sounds perfect. For Kepka at the time, who was hurt, sounds perfect also. Um, seeing what he was able to do though out there at the Masters after not really um, being on the same tour schedule that he was used to previously and being healthy. Right. I'm sure that there is something in the back of his head that, you know, if he knew there was a chance for him getting back to 100%, I wonder if he still would have made the move. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about Liv in a second, but I, I, the jokes crept in. And, and I wonder, though, if it did kind of creep into the back of his mind. Obviously, he had the 54-hole lead mm-hmm. and then did not finish uh, as strong as he wanted to. So, you know, a lot of jokes were made. Well, you know, he, he played the, the first three days really well. The statistic, yeah. the person to lead – at 36 holes by uh no, no the first the person to be in the lead with double digits after 36 holes and lose only one person and they've done it twice greg norman and yeah, now and, uh, and now uh yeah brooks yeah, i believe it was a 98 masters and i think like the 99 open or something like that yeah. yeah um i mean that that was definitely in the back of my mind too i was like i mean how poetic would that be that you know the, the founder of live you know has his record match now by a live player um but one thing i don't want to talk about before we move on uh, for me, this this win for Rom was kind of out of nowhere. And again, I understand he's he was up there as one of the best players in the world. He's all we talked about all spring. Um, I mean, you and I had talked about it, and Nick as well at length. Of, it was almost like what was driving me to not like Rom as much. Like I, I I appreciate Rom. I understand how good of a golfer he is, and I'm not hating him for that. Um, but just how much the announcers were just cramming him, like himself down our throats the the first few months there. Oh my God, he's so good. It's, it's on a Ramination out there and Rombo. And I understand Rombo's is a good name, but just when they say it, it just like pierces my ears. I'm like, this is so annoying. Um, but I mean, he withdrew from the players. He did not look good at all at match play. Uh, got beat by, you know, a, a down, down Ricky Fowler, who was on the comeback, but nowhere near what anybody would, would think the level, uh, you know, Ricky matching or beating John Rom. Um, and then just the last few weeks, ever since his win at, at Riviera, has just not looked good, has not been consistent. He went to the Arnold Palmer, played a really good, you know, first round and a half, and then all of a sudden kind of fell apart, and we didn't see him for the rest of the weekend, really. Um, again, we just talked about the players he had to withdraw from, uh, from a sickness, uh, and then match play didn't look that good. So my expectations for him coming into the Masters uh, was not very high at all. Like I, I thought, you know, he he'd be competitive. He's always been good. The Masters, uh, top ten, 
uh, like we saw a lot of other guys this week, but I didn't, you know, have him winning. Um, so, I mean, shout out to him. Uh, for me, and, and just think about Brooks before we get fully into the live. I mean, you could see it early. The, the, the luck and the bounces were not going his way, and he talked about that too in his press conference. Uh, but then he, he gets to the back nine. He's all right. I'm down, you know, three, four strokes here. Uh, and you could tell he just started trying to play hero ball. He's like, okay, I got, I got to get it there here. And that's when it started amplifying his mistakes. Yeah, he got a couple, you know, strokes here and there, made a couple really good shots. But you could tell he was just trying to do too much. And at that point, it was starting to hurt him. It was too late. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's talk about Liv. Uh, and and so they had 12 of 18 players make the cut this week. Um, Nick and I were talking about this uh, over the weekend because Nick was kind of downplaying how good Liv looked. Um, and I, I I thought, if anything, it made Liv look a lot better than I, than people had thought coming in. I think this will help Liv get more coverage to sit there and say, hey, we only sent 18 guys there and 12 of our guys made the cut. We had three guys inside the top five. Uh, you know, one of them was obviously in, in very good contention. One of them posted the best rounds of the day. Um, and here we are. And Nick was was kind of taking the point of like, yeah, well, you know, it's only those three guys. And, you know, I, I don't but I think if anything, it's, it's saying, hey, we're not playing serious golf is, is how I'll put it for most of the year. Yeah, we still got to go do DP World Tour events and stuff so we can get points so we can qualify for things like the Masters and so on. But uh, the fact that we're able to show up here and be you know, so rusty and not have this this competitive edge that you guys say that we lack and then we show up, we put three guys inside the top five. Um, I thought spoke volumes of live. Um, for Phil, I, I don't think, first of all, nobody expected this. We were making jokes that he wasn't even going to make the cut. Uh, and here he is. He finishes uh, tie for second. Uh, this is his first appearance at the Masters since 2021, where he finished uh, tied for 21st at even. Um, <laughs> I mean, the last time we saw Phil play in a PGA event, uh, he just looked horrible. I believe it was the U.S. Open last year. It might have been the Open Championship. But, um, I mean, he, he was confident and, you know, saying how, how good and, and how well he's been playing lately. I don't think anybody believed it. And then all of a sudden we're, we're looking at the leaderboard Sunday and his name's jumping up and up and up. Um, but your thoughts on Liv at, at the Masters? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they showed up this weekend. I mean, this was the biggest marketing tool that Liv could use. They've had all the money spent in the world that they could on all these players. And it, it didn't really bring the attention that they were expecting to their tour, even with the contract rights this year for more televised events, a little bit easier for people to visualize it and stuff like that. Um, we've seen videos of the tournaments and how there's like 20 people and they just travel with like the three big name guys. And that's, that's where the crowd is the entire tournament. Um, but I mean, Phil to go out and shoot uh, the round that he did, I, they said that it tied his best, his best round of his career, which was 20 years prior to that day. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just crazy. I mean, the only way that this could have been worse for golf in the way that Liv performed uh, in PGA's eyes, like the way the PGA looks at golf, the only way this could have been worse is if Mickelson and Tiger would have got paired up when Tiger's out there limping around in yeah. bunkers all day and Mickelson is in the fairway every shot, just hitting it, just out there playing easy ball. Yeah. Um, um, I, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, like, I mean – not that it was surprising to see Phil play so well at Augusta, just because he loves this place so much. He won, has won here three times. Uh, I mean, obviously, it, it's like Tiger when he's healthy. Is is even we saw it kind of in in round one from Tiger, just 
how natural the course kind of comes to them. Um, and, and so I wasn't surprised to see Phil have a couple good rounds or, you know, a couple good shots here and there, but see him shoot a 68, I thought was just absurd. And I, I, I did not see that coming, especially with the weather he had to deal with on Friday and Saturday. Um, I, I kind of thought that if anywhere was going to be where a lot of those guys fell off. And surprisingly enough, we saw some of the guys fall off, but it was, it was DeChambeau. It was, it was Bubba Watson. Um, kind of, you know, I would say the lesser names over there. I mean, obviously they're the ones that got paid huge money to leave uh, and go to live. But um, I think Bubba is more adept and, and comforting in the fact that he's like, Hey, I'm not, I know I'm not as good as I once was, you know, I'm kind of on the downward end of my career. I'm going to go over here and make as much money as I can. Bryson though, you know, we, we hear from Cobra's executive that he's looking for a unicorn of drivers. Nobody's ever going to forget when he called Augusta a par 67 uh, for his game. And I don't, I think ever since then he shot over par. I don't think he's ever had plus 68. He's plus 68. They said, yeah. So uh, that's, that's, that's great. But I mean, uh, again, the only thing that made me upset about how well lived this is, did this weekend was seeing Patrick Reed up there. Um, I, I just I can't stand. I guy. I didn't want to admit it, but I got a five dollar free bet and I put it on him Thursday morning, and it was starting to look really good. There, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he you know the, when they were coming down the back nine, and all of a sudden yeah. he's making shots, and we're we're texting our group text. I was like, "Is Patrick Reed of all people about to I end was, up winning?" I was I was I was, I was at work, and I'm just getting updates of like the top players, and yeah. then like the big movers and all of a sudden i see patrick reed i'm like oh my god is he actually doing something? i'm watching all of a sudden like i look over and i see reed three shots mm-hmm. back i was like he has six holes up to play at that point he was on a birdie train i was like he's gonna do it and then luckily i mean he hit i think two bogeys on like the last three holes and i was like, all right well that, that kind of subsided it but uh so there for a second we kind of talked about how with tiger and mickelson it comes easy to play the tournament I mean, it, it should be easy. If you play four rounds at a course for 15 years, yeah. it should be much easier for someone like that than, let's say, um, uh, Scotty Scheffler or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but then, to the contrary, you also have beginner's luck. First time playing the course, you don't know what to expect. You're just hitting shots. It's Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was crazy to watch what was happening there. He went out with Max Homa and Scotty Scheffler, two of the biggest names in PGA golf right now. Yeah. And, and outshot them and outshot them the first two days. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, shout out to Sam Bennett. Uh, he did end up not playing in his uh, college tournament. He just observed yeah. this week. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, I don't blame him. I would not have wanted to walk 36 holes in carried my own bag uh, the day after playing four rounds at Augusta. Um, but I mean, it was unfortunate to see him miss out on the automatic invite back next year. Um, mm-hmm. He needed to finish in the top 12 and he missed that by two strokes. Um, so unfortunate to see there. Um, we're going to move on. Uh, you brought it up earlier with Patrick Cantlay, case of play. Um, he, he got a lot of blame and mainly came from Brooks Kepka. I don't, I have not seen anything yet. John Rom from, from John Rom's unknown if he was upset about it or, or he just, out he about just it. confirmed the comments that Brooks Kepka had made about his bathroom breaks. He had confirmed right. that he definitely didn't have to to worry about not being able to go to the bathroom because of the camera time and stuff like that. He had ample amount right. of time. Um, but I, and they were talking about this even before Cantlay teed off, even before, you know, obviously Kepka and Ron would have teed off. Uh, but the first two holes, just the way they are set up, it is bound to cause backups. I believe they said every group was basically after like the first four had gone through, every group is waiting 20 minutes after they finished up one to tee off on two, just because 
You have to wait for everybody to get down there and clear out and so on and so forth. And that was causing a lot of headaches and causing everybody to then back up. Um, but I think Cantlay is, is fairly getting, you know, a fair amount of blame for backing play up even farther. Uh, I got here. So Jordan Spieth, uh, his round uh, took four hours and 30 minutes. Uh, Rob's round took an additional 15 minutes to finish. Um, and we definitely have hard evidence that, you know, Cantlay was causing the backup. And he is in a, a notorious slow player. Uh, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. He likes to take his time with shots. Uh, he was he was definitely getting under Hovland's skin. We saw it, I think it was 13 or 14 when Cantley's still walking up the fairway. Hovland goes up to the green, hits his chip shot, and then waits for Cantley to come up. Um it was his turn. He didn't take it you know, out of out of out of turn. But um just your thoughts on, on the entire uh, pace of play. It's kind of scandal, I'll call it, that, that that's come out here the last two days. I think that the PGA should have taken care of it sooner. Uh I think that you and I could go out as a twosome playing at a, a busy course on a Saturday and we could take a case of beer and we could have that and the round finished in four hours. I mean, I just, I, I think especially when there are specific time limits on how long you're able to spend at each edge, each hole. Now, obviously, like you said, with hole one and two, there was a lot of uh, tree play, a lot of like everyone's playing from from the pine needles and stuff like that, or at least one of the two players in your mm-hmm. in the group are, are playing from there. So like you said, it, it's bound to cause backups. But I think that, I, I don't know, I think if a non-live player would have been complaining the way Brooks was, I think that there would have been possibly a, a little bit of quicker action with with what was going on i mean when hovland the person you're playing with who seems like a super nice dude um is is also starting to kind of draw problems with it you you've got to think that there's something going on because he could have easily just used it to his advantage like i'm not the one causing problems here but i'm going to definitely take the extra time to to get to look at my ball get a better look at this putt you know the different mm-hmm. things like it's not going to hurt um so I, I yeah, I just think that I think the pace of play it, it, it definitely seems like it causes a problem for some people. Um, Brooks, I think it was like three or four years ago, also had a problem at one of the tournaments with pace of play, but it was on a Saturday. It wasn't a Sunday when he was in the lead or something like that. But, but uh, it, it, that was with Bryson DeChambeau, and that's what started correct. their whole rivalry, correct? Um, and feud or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, I think that I I think everyone views Brooks as sort of this wild maybe sometimes hot head or something like that in the in the PGA world but then you also hear like tiger call him brooksy instead of brooks and like it like it's it's so hard to read what kind of person he actually is you saw like the disappointed woe is me like him in uh full swing mm-hmm. and and then you see the way that he was able to converse and like sounded very positive and like I mean, he could have came out and completely blamed Patrick Cantley and like just the fact that they had to play so many holes on a Sunday and and just anything that he wanted to. But he just congratulated John Rahm, said that it was great playing, loves playing against top talent, different things like that, and, and kind of went about his business, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, another thing, you, you kind of touched on this earlier with the, the Masters coverage. Um, a lot of people are very upset about it. Uh, I think the one. The one viral TikTok I saw, obviously, uh, every golf creator was talking about it. 
my favorite like viral TikTok was the guy who was watching the golf channel and was absolutely freaking out that he was watching four guys sit around a campfire and talking. And everybody's coming like, you dipshit. Like golf channel is not covering the Masters aside from, hey, we can show you a couple highlights, but you know, right. we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about it. Uh, that was my favorite video, but um you and I were both kind of up perturbed by this, I would say. Like you brought up the fact that no almost no live guy was getting any coverage outside mm-hmm. of, you know. Pepka and, and Reed and the guys who were towards the top of the leaderboard when it switched to a main feed on CBS or ESPN. Um, my, what I didn't understand, and I understand that the Masters and Augusta National controls everything that they, you know, that gets put out. Um, but every other tournament we go to season long, there's always a main feed throughout the day. I mean, a lot of tournaments, it goes to ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus carries the main feed until the Golf Channel or NBC, whoever picks it up. Um, I, I didn't understand why there wasn't. I understand that you're the focus on on feature groups and all this other stuff, but there was like what eight feature groups, and I don't want to sit there. And, you know, I might get tired of watching the same eight guys or eight groups play golf all day. Like I would like to see, hey, look, what's going on all around the course. Like keep me updated on the leaderboard as we're watching. Um, I didn't understand the fact that there was no main feed throughout the day until you got to three o'clock most days, and then ESPN or CBS picked up the coverage. Luckily on. You know, Sunday we we got it at two o'clock rather than you know whenever. Um, but just well, even on, on Thursday, on Thursday when I was watching, there was only two feature groups you could watch. The one was like, uh, it was like Woods's group and like someone else's group, and then there was another one that you could click on that was two separate groups. So you could only watch four groups. Like it was, that was how it was Thursday morning when I first started watching. Now, later on, they might have changed it. I had to do some things, so I wasn't able to watch the complete coverage like to its entirety each day. But but that's what I was confused about also because, like you had said, with other tournaments, I mean, there's usually like featured groups, but then you can also watch like the other groups play, you know, by just by clicking on like, oh, this is uh, Rory's group or this is, you know, whoever's. And, and it was just weird that that it was – the coverage was definitely different. And like you had said, the masters, they control a lot of that stuff that goes in and out, but it seemed like they really missed the ball on from a coverage standpoint. Yeah. Uh, it was just super frustrating. Cause I mean, you're sitting there, you're waiting. Uh, I mean, they, uh, they alternate. I mean, I understand Friday, you know, day two. Um, and I'll talk about this here in a second, but um, you know, whoever starts in the morning on Thursday is now the afternoon group on Friday. Uh, and so there was just a, Again, I just do not understand why there couldn't be some kind of main feed on the, the even the Augusta app. Uh, and, and so we can sit there and watch it. I understand they were kind of pairing that through ESPN Plus uh, and whatever. But um, just having no main feed throughout the day until that, that late you know afternoon yeah. window started, uh, I did not really understand. Um, last thing we'll talk about with the Masters here uh, is your biggest disappointment. Uh, obviously, Rory McIlroy not even making the cut. I think he finished plus four, uh, misses the cut. Uh, and so, other than Rory, who was your biggest disappointment for the Masters League? Um, Corey Connors, or yeah, no, or, or as Nick, but Corey, Corey connects. Yeah, 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 but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely thought that Corey Connors was going to do better. Um, I had told you I picked Corey Connors instead of Cam Young because I thought that. I, I didn't think that Cam Young was going to be able to compete on the same level that Corey Connors was there, uh, even with the new caddy. Boy, was I wrong. Because he was um, at the top of the lead, leaderboard, not in first ever, but he was, you know, second, third, fifth, 
in the top 10 basically the entire weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I think Corey Connors is a big one. Everybody just saw him coming off that huge win at the Blair Texas mm-hmm. Open. I know there was a ton of money on him this weekend that a lot of people lost. You're telling me. But, yeah, I mean, I wasn't on the Corey Connors hype train coming in this weekend just because I've I mean, I feel like we've seen it so many times. You win the week before, and now you turn around, and you're going to such a huge event like the Masters. It's just so much different pressure, so much different competition. Um, and, and and ultimately, we see him completely struggle. Uh, I have a few different picks for uh, disappointment. Uh, first up is Jordan Spieth. Um, if, and I said this, and I put this on Twitter, and almost nobody responded, which I didn't understand. But, I mean, whatever. Um, but on Thursday, was putting together a, a, an awesome round. I think he was five under. And then all of a sudden he gets to, to uh, I think it's 13 and he puts a ball in the water. I'm like, what are you doing? It was such an unnecessary shot too. Like he did not need to, to put that ball where he did. And he shanks into the water. And then I think yeah, again, on, so much. Yeah. yeah on, so much. He did it again. Yeah. On, on 15 or 16, he did it again. I'm just sitting there like, what, what are we doing? And then sure enough, you jump ahead to, to Sunday. Uh, of course he bogeys 18. So that didn't help, but he had a chance to put him. I mean, you take those, what, what did that come out? It was like five shots that he yeah he total. So I would say stuff, yeah yeah we'll, we'll call it four shots. You mm-hmm. give him those four shots, and, and you know he's in that final group. He's with John Rahm, um, and you know he doesn't bogey eighteen. Uh, he's your winner. Um, so just frustrating for me, and that's why I was disappointed in him. Uh, but my other two are Max Homa and uh, um, Dustin Johnson. Uh, Homa plus six on Sunday was kind of looked like he was putting it together Sunday morning, and he goes out there and shoots plus six in the final round. Um, just I, how, how highly I think of him and how huge of a fan of him I am. Uh, it just sucks seeing that. Um, but it's okay. He's winning the U S open. We're fine. Um, and Dustin Johnson, I mean, you and I both talked about this last week. He was on a top 12 streak at the masters, you know, won there in 2020, uh, had, you know, I, I think if anybody would have benefited from, you know, the reduced schedule of live, it'd be Dustin Johnson. Uh, he shoots plus eight total, uh, he's never really a threat. Uh, so that was kind of disappointing for me to see. Um, before we get into our RBC Heritage stuff, uh, we got to remind you guys uh, that our merch is live right now. Uh, make sure you guys head over there and check that out. Link is in the bio. We do have a Bunker Boys hat live. I got to update this picture. Uh, but if you want to get your Bunker Boys hat and then we're working on shirts and stuff as well, uh, link in bio or head over to uh, jack-wagon-merch.creator-spring.com. Um, but please just click Say that five bio. Fast. Yeah. Um, I can't, <laughs> but, uh, let's go ahead. Let's give our, uh, RBC heritage fantasy picks. Um, as I clicked on the wrong thing, uh, but slate, uh, we'll let you go. For, actually, I lied. We're going to give, uh, there's a final leaderboard that I never brought up, but, um, I like it. Give you guys an update on the standings. Uh, Nick still leads away at three fifty six. Slate, you got three fifty two, Uh, and I have three twenty three. Um, I'm just dragging ass this, these last few weeks. Uh, so hopefully I can get it back on track. Um, but now it's Slade, time for your picks for the RBC Heritage this weekend. Yeah, so first up, I have Patrick Cantley. Um, I just think that he, he's going to have to to flip that switch here. Uh, he's won here before and really competed with Speed, right? Um, yeah. So I, I just think that it's a smart – it's a smart pick altogether. And I think that he's going to be able to at least get me some really good fantasy points this week, whether it's a win or not. I think that he's definitely gonna be in the top 10. Uh, Cameron Young, uh, I'm flipping, flipping ship. No Corey Connors this week. I'm, I'm riding, uh, 
the the caddy ordeal that George has talked about every week uh, for like the last month. Um, I, I'm definitely going with him. I hope that I don't jinx him and that the rest of the season is downhill spiral for him. But Colin Morikawa, uh, this is one that you guys could see come next week when we talk about it. I might change Ricky Fowler in for him. I have real uh, buyer's remorse for putting Morikawa in here. I was talking with you during the podcast, and I was like, I, I'm really – really close to pulling someone out and putting Fowler in and, and thinking about it. I think that Colin might be the one that has to sit. Um, next is Thigala. Uh, just getting to see they them pair the video of Tiger and him hitting the same exact shot there uh, and letting it roll in at the same hole this past week. Did you get to mm-hmm. see that video? I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, just got me pumped. The fact that he told his parents that they have to quiet down from the normal selves <laughs> to, at the Masters because they're like just, you know, super cheerful parents yelling for him the entire time. He's like, you know, you can't do that at the Masters this week. Um, I think it's awesome. Um, I'm definitely on board with him. Jordan, because, uh, I mean, you you were half right in saying that Easter Sundays are his thing. He was definitely on on Easter Sunday. Um just didn't get the win. And I think he's going to carry it over to this week. He's really good at this course. And uh, so I think that he's definitely a good pick for fantasy. And then John Rom, you and I had talked before this also. He's playing. Uh, not quite sure how many, like, how, like he might get there Wednesday and do one practice round. <laughs> I think he got there today. Oh, did he? Yeah. So today's well, Wednesday. Well, so that's yeah, I was going to say yeah. this Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he definitely it's it's just like winning the masters is like winning the daytime of 500 you kind of lose time for the next week compared to everyone else because you have to go on this media tour then afterwards and whatnot and and so i'm sure that his head hurt for a couple of days after celebrating especially with the whole zach ernst and uh J, or yeah jj watt yeah. there in their group text and that was really cool to see um uh, uh, but yeah that's that's my that's my picks for this week like i said rory or ricky might make it into the lineup i don't know yet yeah. um so going over my picks, I have a lot of the same guys. Uh, first up, Patrick Cantlay. Like you said, lost in the playoff last year. He is a previous winner here. Uh, but I think more so than anything, uh, just kind of like needs a response to the critics. Uh, I mean, he's he's got a lot of flack this week for his pace of play. Um, he, he's answered the questions in the media, but you can tell, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a fire there. Uh, I think he wants to get a huge regular season win. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's won an in-season tournament. Uh, you know, aside from the playoffs, but that's what I mean is he hasn't won except for the playoffs, I think in 2021, maybe. Um, next up, Max Homa. Uh, I think he needs a huge bounce back. We, he needs to get his season back on track. Uh, ever since winning uh, those two tournaments earlier in the season, I think he's kind of fallen off. Um, but I, I expect him to start building some momentum here and, and put together some solid finishes. I think it starts this week. Uh, Victor Hovland, uh, I, I think... I don't, I don't know if the pace of play was affecting him as well, if he just couldn't put rhythm together uh, on Sunday. But he looked so good Sunday morning, and all of a sudden round four starts, and he just could not build any momentum, um, and he comes up short. But I, I think he's playing really good golf right now. Uh, he looked really good at the players. Uh, and again, last week, at, like I just said, at Augusta. Uh, so I think he's going to he's gonna continue his streak here and continue to look well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morikawa, uh he started. Uh, he struggled in his last two rounds at the Masters. Uh, still ended up finishing inside, I think, the top ten, uh, or at least the top fifteen. Um, but I, I think he's still hungry to win. Ever since he let the, the Century Tournament of Champions slip through his fingers, uh, and, and uh, Nick jinxed, jinxed him, saying he was going to win seven times this year. Um, I, I think 
he, he is still one of the best iron players on tour. If he could just clean up his putting, uh, I mean, and, and he's definitely made strides this season. Um, but I, I think he's gonna he's gonna do well this weekend. Uh, Tagala, same as you, finishes T nine at the Masters, or not even T nine. He was solo ninth at the Masters. Uh, shot uh, five under in his final round. Um, I, I think he's finally understood the pressure that comes with being on the PGA Tour. Ever since we saw him stumble at the, the end of the Phoenix Open last year, uh, he's just looked more and more confident every week. Uh, and then just how how good he looked at the Masters in the final round. Uh, I, I think the, the sky is a limit for this guy. I think Tagala and Young have their first wins coming anytime uh, soon. And last but not least, John Rahm. I, like I, I can't fade Rahm at this point. Uh, I understand there's probably a little bit, little bit of a hangover. Uh, and you know, you and I were talking about how serious is he going to take the tournament this weekend. Um, but I, I, I've, <laughs> I doubted him enough this year. I don't think I can do it this week. Um, but he'll be my reserve. He's, he's on my bench right now. We'll see how he looks day one, day two. Uh, before I put him in. Last thing I want to talk about before we move on to our bets um, is, I don't know if you saw, but it was discussed. Uh, I, of course, Cameron Young wears the huge MLB patch on his polo every every round. Um, and apparently he is close friends, uh, and I can't think of, what is the, the MLB commissioner's name? Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred, yeah. Rob Manfred. Uh, but they're, they're close yeah. friends, and that's how he got the, the, the sponsorship. Um but it came out, so part of the contract is he gets free tickets to any MLB game he wants to go to. Uh, so I'm a little jealous of that. Um, looking at our RBC Heritage betting picks, uh, so we've, we've really sucked the last few weeks. Uh, I had doubt Taurus We were draw. almost there this past week with a plus 3,800. Yeah. Uh, well, you were, I'll was. say. Um, That's the podcast. That's us. <laughs> yeah. You're but, the one that types it up after I put it in there. You could be like, yeah, we're definitely not putting that in. Plus 3,600, <laughs> that's not hidden. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I had uh, it was Scheffler and McElroy to finish in the top 10. McElroy doesn't make the cut. I don't think Scheffler even finished top 10. Um, no. And then, of course, we had uh, – I had Zaltors finishing top 20. He withdraws, luckily, before the tournament even started, so it pushed the bet. Right. Um, but, yeah, I – I don't think I have I have not hit one yet. I think you hit one during the the match play, but or not match play after match play, but uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get it on track this week. That or just fade us and, and just put money on the opposite, and you'll you'll be you'll be on the field. Yeah. <laughs> um. So say we'll we'll have you go over yours first. Yeah. So first, uh, kind of a long shot, but I mean, betting any week after Scheffler had won last year would have been a long shot, and it would have cashed. Um. Rom plus eight fifty. I think it's generous for someone that just won uh, pretty handedly, like you had said. Like he was behind, he just played his game until Brooks made mistakes, and he he just got his got his shots when he could, got the lead, and then just never let go. Um, and then sticking with Rom and the other Mister Perfect, it seems like this time of year, Scheffler. Um, I think that T ten for them at plus three thirty is is very generous. I think that. Um, realistically i think that it would probably be somewhere around like plus 150 uh if rom hadn't won last week mm -hmm. and uh so I, I think that's very generous and that's why i went with those two yeah uh so for my picks uh so this is for round one i have uh Sahith Gala winning a head-to-head -head match against jj spawn uh i mean this with all due respect to jj spawn obviously he's a professional golfer and i am not uh but i <laughs> i don't think this is really gonna be that close 
Uh, I mean, we only see Spawn competitive, uh, obviously, at match play when he just decides he wants to beat, you know, everybody that's ranked sixth positions ahead of him. Um, uh, but I think Thigala, like I said, in my fantasy picks, I think he's just too hot right now. He's only building more confidence as he goes. I think he's going to have a strong round one tomorrow. Uh, and also took Fowler finishing top 20 at plus 225. Love it. Uh, yeah, he's he's a little upset that he didn't make you know make the Masters with the win at the Valero. Uh, but again, we've talked about it so many times this year on the podcast. Uh, he just continues to impress every week. If, from what we saw last year from Ricky Fowler, and Jason Day is another one. Uh, these are two guys that the last two years watching them, I would have been like, all right, they're going to retire any day. These are the guys that should be taking the live money. Uh, but no, they they they've worked super hard on their game. Fowler is is getting back to his own self. Um, I really do think it's only a matter of time until he wins. Uh, so I'm going to take Fowler finishing the top twenty at plus two twenty five. Um, so Ricky, I'm sorry, probably not going to make the cut now. Uh, so so you might not want to put him in your. Uh... I think you picked two very great uh, bets. I don't know. I, I don't know who picked Thigala and Spawn to be matched up against one another. It doesn't seem like a very uh. Just just looking at it based on their recent play. I think they do like it like I think they're in a group together. So I think they, they Right, but who's they, the other person? You would think that they would put like that person with either that person has to be between these two players, is what yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, and then I think that Fowler, like you said, I think he's gonna be mean mugging it around this course. Like definitely gonna be pissed that he missed the Masters, obviously to his own his own problem like he he didn't right. play enough recently and he didn't play good enough um but but yeah i think that t20 for him is a great bet and to be able to get it at plus 225 is something that i'm definitely gonna be putting in here as soon as we get off the podcast yeah hopefully uh I, we can turn our picks around here um but before we end the show uh no growing our game this week but the, the huge news came out from the pga tour um and they released their fall schedule they said they're not gonna release the full schedule until sometime this summer uh, but this will be their new updated fall. Obviously, they're moving to a more calendar-based schedule with a lot of their top guys, at least. Um, and so the, the season will start, as always, with the Century Tournament of Champions uh, out in Hawaii. Um, but after the FedEx Cup ends in, in early September, uh, this will be the new schedule going forward. Um, so it's seven events that are fully designated PGA FedEx Cup events. There will be three exhibition events as well. Um, one of those is the PNC Championship, uh, where we see Tiger and Charlie Woods always play together. Uh, the new one this year is, is the Grant Thornton Invitational, uh, where the PGA and the LPGA players are teaming up. Uh, we talked about that last year when we watched the DP World Tour do that. I said I thought it, was, it would be an awesome event to bring over. I don't think it's quite going to be done the same way. Uh, this is like a team event as, as compared to last year, which is an individual event. Uh, but still, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see. Uh, and the, the promotional material that Ricky Fowler, and I, I, excuse me, I don't know the lady's name. I think it's Kelly Norda, uh, but I, I, that's even wrong. But um, the, the promotional event or the commercials are, they're putting out are hilarious. Um, they've already said they're not wearing orange as their team color, which I thought was dumb. Uh, I think that's the best color to wear. <laughs> but um, so the seven events are going to be the Fortnite Championship, uh, Sanderson Farms, the Shriners Open, the Zozo Championship. Uh, the Worldwide Weather WWT Championship is what I'm calling it. Uh, I always get that mixed up because I mm-hmm. believe they sponsor the uh, uh, Gateway Race for NASCAR as well. Yep. Um, worldwide Technologies, that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and then the worldwide Butterf- Teachers Union. Yeah. <laughs> the Butterfield Bermuda Championship, 
uh, in the RSM Classic. Uh, notable events missing. Uh, the CJ Cup is gone. There's no word on if that you know event will ever reappear again. Uh, obviously, um, the WGC event it was has been off for the last few years, uh, and there's no rumor of that being brought back as well. So the match play technology will most likely be the last ever uh, World Golf Championship event ever played. Um, uh, the Houston Open is also missing from the fall schedule, but the PGA announced today that will now become a spring event, uh, probably right around the time of the Valero Open. Uh, just keep it in Texas there. Um, but so the way it'll work, uh, the outs, everybody outside the top 70 in the FedEx Cup who doesn't make the playoffs will go to these events. Um, and now everybody's going to fight to try and stay inside the top 125 to keep their tour exemption status or the tour card, I should say. Um, and so uh, the winners, uh, if you win an event in the fall, it still carries the same weight as any other event would. Uh, so you get your two year exemption for the tour. Uh, you get locked into the Masters, the Players, the PGA Championship, and the Century Tournament of Champions. Uh, so, Slay, just your thoughts on this. I mean, we, we we knew a lot of this was coming, but it's nice to see the PGA fleshing out the plan for what the you know the updated schedule is going to look like heading in the next year. Yeah, I mean, I really like uh, you had mentioned the Zozo Champion, uh, the uh, Century, and I mean, I'm a big fan of the PNC. Um, like you had said, it's an exhibition. It's not. Uh, you know, um, the FedEx, but I really like it. I like that Justin Thomas plays with his dad. Tiger plays with his son. Um, I just really like the the style of play. I liked it this past year because especially you got to see Charlie letting little notes in the, in the, uh, sand traps for Justin Thomas or, you know, it just different things. I really like the nature of how the tournament is, is played out. It, it's, it's almost played out, uh, a, a lot like the match. Uh, right. events that they had done um, previously here. And so I, I just think that it's it's a really cool way to kind of get families involved and, and really just kind of show that it is just a game. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's definitely a, a super fun event to watch. And it does just enough to like scratch your golf itch over the winter, uh, you know, when you, there's not much going on and you're like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm ready for a real competitive golf to come back. You know, it's, it's obviously not the Masters, but it is a lot of fun yeah. to see. A lot of these guys tee it up, and especially, like you said, with their family. Uh, Tiger and Charlie going out there is always fun to watch. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited. This is going to add, a, you know, a lot of fun and, and you know, drama to, you know, the, the fall season. Whereas before, this is when a lot of, you know, and again, the, the top guys are still probably going to shut it down and relax. But, you know, we're still watching guys fight to keep their tour card. Uh, you know, this isn't just going to be with all due respect to Seamus power, he's not going to go out there and, you know, he, he might still win these two tournaments, but he's not going to be in the top 10 of the FedEx cup for the first, you know, six months of next year, because right. he played all these events, got all these points and, you know, built it up until, you know, the, the real guys, you know, that the top dog, you know, showed up and started playing. Um, it still makes me laugh every time, you know, they bring up the FedEx cup points and you see Seamus power just every week, just drifts back like another couple positions. And then I, I think this past week, he just fell out of the top 10. I got to look. Um, I mean, but, in terms of money, it's thousands of dollars that he's potentially giving himself at the end of the year, you know, uh, with that play. But like you said, it is it is uh, very misleading at the beginning of the season to see someone like him up there. And then you get someone like Rom or Scheffler that comes in and plays one FedEx tournament and all of a sudden, boom, they're up in the top 10. And <laughs> All right, here we go. Is he still... In the top ten, 
He is. He is number 10 right now. He is uh, four points <laughs> off um, Tony Finau. Then 11th place is Tom Kim, um, about 60 points behind him. And then Tagala and Taylor Moore are 12th and 13th. Uh, but again, still my favorite part of all this uh, is Ricky Fowler is 26, and he's gaining points. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I just want to see him keep going up. Uh, you know, obviously, I think at this point, unless something drastic happens, you know, he's going to be locked into the, the FedEx Cup playoffs. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And that means he's in the designated events next year as well. So um, right. that will do it for our show tonight. Uh, we thank you guys for checking us out as always. Uh, don't forget, head over to W.GG. Use code JackWagon for 10% off your order. Also use the link in our bio uh, and go check out our merch store. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week to break down the RBC Heritage. Um, not thrilled about having a designated event the week after the Masters, but it is what it is. Um, but we'll be back next week. Uh, uh, like I said, we're going to break down the RBC Heritage. <clears throat> and then, of course, we're going to talk about the uh, Zero Classic of New Orleans, which actually is a super fun event. It's a team event. Um, and so we're going to have a lot of fun with that as well. Uh, but Again, like I said, that'll do it for our show. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you in the next episode. Yes, sir.